0: Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast for Timer Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Friday, September 8th, 2023. And our top story today... Food prices continue to climb at grocery stores. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, David Anderson is with Texas A&M University. David, it's great to see you again. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Well, David, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you uh, coming on the program this morning.
1: Glad to be with you.
0: And uh, I guess, you know, school school, uh, semester has started. How's that going before we get into food prices? Well,
1: so far, so good. I, I think this is week three. Uh, I've, I teach a graduate course here. I've got a pretty good bunch of students. I think. I think it's going to be a good semester.
0: All right, the f- future uh, maybe economists and agriculture experts. So hope we we, we certainly need them. Uh, David, let's talk about. Yeah, well, we certainly need them, and we're going to talk about food prices this morning. They continue to rise. Uh, maybe it's not across all products, and, but but it is rising at grocery stores. I want to get your feedback initially on that?
1: Yeah. And I I think you make a good point. It's, it's not every food item, but you know, there are some that are up dramatically like beef, for instance, Uh, we've got sharply higher. In fact, record high retail beef prices for the last three months. Uh, And, and some of that is seasonal, you know, we hit grilling season, we get Memorial day, 4th of July, now labor days past us. And so it's sort of the end of grilling season, uh, seasonally, we might see prices decline uh, uh, later in the year, but fundamentally, underlying that, we're producing less beef, and we're producing less beef because we've been cutting our herds for several years, uh, due to drought in much of the U.S. Uh, and and also due to calf prices that were very low. So, a lack of profitability, but also severe drought, uh, has led us to cut our herds. So, beef production's going down.
0: Yeah. Um, I like a good burger from time to time. Don't tell my wife because she watches on TikTok. She watches cow videos. So she is uh, not, not a fan of eating them. Uh, David, you talked about drought. How, how much does extreme weather, um, El Nino-like events taking place? I don't know if we're calling it El Nino. I'm not a, a meteorologist. But how much does that play into the, the price at the grocery store, at the convenience store?
1: Well, it really does because fundamentally uh, we're producing food and food is, uh, you know, growing crops, raising livestock is really starts with, uh, you know, rainfall, uh, grass production on the livestock, on the cattle side, essentially. But, you know, to grow crops, to grow wheat, to grow corn, you know, some places their crops are irrigated, but still you need rainfall, you need good growing conditions, nice, you know, good weather. Uh, to really see those yields hit their potential. And one of the things that we have struggled with some this year is is drought. Uh, And so in the Corn Belt, for instance, uh, we've certainly had a lot of heat in other parts of the country, like like Texas. That cuts into kind of the yield potential. And so fundamentally, that's sort of where it starts is with weather.
0: Yeah, and and David... We've, before I go to commercial break, I want to ask you about farmers, because we've talked to you about how the American farmers doing. They have, a, they have a pretty important role to play in not just the American food, uh, food supply, but also the world's food supply. These rising prices, I would think, anecdotally, better for the farmer. Is that the case, or are they paying more for fertilizer, for uh, labor, and all the other, uh, for farm equipment?
1: Well, you know, that's certainly part of it, is their costs are higher. Uh, now, you know, fertilizer, we've seen fertilizer jump to record high prices. Even even if you're going to the store to buy some for your yard, you'll notice that those prices are much higher than they used to be. Some of those prices have come down to farmers. Some of those like fertilizer costs, but generally costs are higher. Uh, and that's part
0: of driving higher prices. And, and David, last question. I lied. It wasn't the last question before, but this is definitely the last question. I have a hard time because as the guest talks, as you're talking, you make me think of so many questions I want to ask you on behalf of the audience. But let me ask you about war, conflict. Not only is it going on in Russia, Ukraine, around the world there's conflict. How does that play a part in the supply chain? And then how does that play a part in, in uh, with global populations? There are large populations in India, China, and uh, maybe throughout Europe.
1: Well, it certainly does, uh, you know, as it affects the ability to, you know, in, in one sense, not only to produce the crop in some cases. It's it's hard to grow a crop if your field's bombed or mined or whatever. Uh, but also just to get it from where it's produced to where it's consumed. Uh, because those conflicts can also uh disrupt or or destroy the 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 infrastructure to move a crop from where it's produced to where it's consumed. And so yeah. certainly those conflicts around they they certainly affect food prices. The fundamental, you know, grain prices that go into so many things that we
0: do eat. Yeah, really? It it all has an impact. David, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back. Is there anything that world governments can do? You're gonna to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, David, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning.
1: Glad to be here.
0: David, uh, what I want to do is take a step back, and, and this is not only happening in the US. We talked about some of the supply chain disruption, food prices going up around the globe. And I guess The question that everyone asks, including members of our audience, is what can be done by government? And so I want to ask you, as a professor, as someone who teaches graduate students, and and maybe for the members of the American federal government, and maybe state and local government for that matter, is there anything they can do to help drive down food prices globally?
1: Well, you know almost every country in the world has some kind of farm programs or or agricultural policies that that affect uh production and and in the US one of the things we've done is is for many years we've done farm programs to either in the in the old days support prices uh but later to to subsidize production to uh and oftentimes we do that through a series of of income supports And in fact, Congress is debating and working on the next farm bill right now. And that includes basically support for agricultural uh, production for farmers. Uh, But lots of countries do that. And and in some cases, policies that a country is, that they might do might benefit some of their people, but might drive rising prices in the rest of the world. I think we've got a great example of that right now in terms of India in the rice market. India is a major producer and exporter of rice. One of the things they've seen happen in their country is is prices for rice, really a fundamental staple food item for something like 3 billion people in the world. Uh, They've seen prices going up. They've wanted to drive down prices in their country. So what they did was they just banned exports. Uh, they did this about six weeks ago, I think, uh, and now they didn't ban all their exports. If, if some of your listeners are a, are a fan of rice, uh, India is a major producer of what's called basmati rice, which is a, an aromatic variety. Uh, they didn't ban those exports. That's a really high value price. They banned white rice exports, your basic staple. Their goal is to drive down price in their country for their consumers. But by taking that product off the market, they drive prices up in the rest of the world for so many other places that are importers that can't produce enough to feed their own people. um, And in fact, many cases, very poor people in the world. And so it has a huge effect. That domestic choice has had a huge effect in
0: markets around the world. And, and what's the reaction to when a government does that? Uh, obviously, a government is elected by the people in the nation, so they're doing what, theoretically, the, the, the people want. But then there's the external factors you're talking about, the externalities, I guess. I'm not an economist, but the externalities of the impact. Uh, how do other governments react to that? Do they block certain exports to that country? Like, hey, you know, you're not going to let us have rice, your rice, so we're not going to let you have... X, Y, Z good. How how do they respond to that?
1: Well, they, you know, they usually don't take it very well, (laughs) as you might expect. But sometimes you're really limited in what you can do. You may be, you may not be exporting very much stuff to that country. So there's not much you can do there. Uh, And so, you know, a lot of times there's not much you can do, uh, except, you know, folks generally try to, other countries try to negotiate, they try to do freer trade agreements, they try to do some things to bring down those uh, those kinds of barriers or those kinds of reactions that then drive lots of price volatility in the world. And that's not the first time this has happened either. I think that's just kind of the latest case in that market of, of a country doing that, really looking at their own uh, their own self interest, uh, and you might, you know, some people, more cynical people among us, might say they did it because they got an election coming up; and they want to get some votes. But, but, but again, that's an internal kind of yeah. domestic policy there in that country, and so, uh, you know, it just, you know, actions of, of big exporters in this regard can have a big effect in world markets and drive prices up.
0: Well, it is human nature to pursue one's self interest and. It wouldn't be un, uh, un, unheard of for a politician to to, to focus on their own <laughs> self interest, uh, and we love we love our politicians when they come on and talk about policy. David, um, I want to ask you about um, setting a price and uh, like price caps and and price limits um, because that's something you hear often in the gasoline debate, right? Uh, gasoline here in Charlotte, somewhere in the three high three fifties into the three sixties. It might be I don't know where that is in the national average, but you hear it with respect to gasoline, but you also may hear it about food. What happens when the government decides to cap prices, says it can't go up? How does that impact? uh, You know, so anyone out there saying, okay, well, we need milk. Milk's a staple of everyone's diet pretty much, and we're going to cap it at $3 a gallon or whatever.
1: Well, you know, the problem with that is, you know, and, and we tend to, we have, you know, about as close as you can get to a free market. Uh, it's really market forces, supply and demand that are determining prices. Uh, But, you know, I hear that argument all the time too. The problem is, you know, if we're going to set a a price cap and we want to help consumers with that, we're going to set that price low, which may very well mean it's unprofitable to produce that item and we're going to produce less. And so it really works at cross purposes to, increasing production to drive down price. And so, you know, it's, it, you know, countries from time to time do that. Uh, you know, some some listeners may remember wage and price controls in the Nixon administration in the early 70s uh, to combat inflation. They put in a whole series of, of those. Uh, and, you know, when you do that, you know, you're really you're really you're setting yourself up longer term to not produce as much and have higher prices because there's just no profit in producing
0: yeah and and I remember the gas lines too that happened in the seventies, although I was a, a a little child, my dad used yeah. to go <laughs> yeah right I mean we're kind of dating ourselves, but I was a little boy, okay. and my father used to go and sit in line uh because you had to wait for gas in those days, so probably not a good. It wasn't a good experience, I think, back then, and probably not a good one today. David, there's a lot going on. We really appreciate you coming on and kind of breaking it down for the viewers. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Hey, thanks. Great to be with you. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Post. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be checking in on markets with Jane King from the NASDAQ and then taking a look back. That's right, back at some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes.